I know Welcome to Caribbean Red. We're a few days away from the start of the season. It's not in for us to take on Arsenal at the Emirates. Who better to catch up with in a podcast regular and the man who will commentate on the game for TNT Sports in Darren Fletcher. Fletch, how are you? Have you summered well? Good. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, summer's been good. Nice break. Nice and refreshed. Brand new start with TNT. So, all set. Yes, I was going to say, on your commentary position on Saturday morning, will you have TNT Sports written in very big letters so you don't say it wrong on the yeah. live broadcast? Well, yeah, hopefully I don't. Um, I'm sure one of us will at some stage. Um, but what a, what a perfect game to start with from a personal perspective. So it's, it's, it's great for me. But based on the fact that I only got to commentate once last season on Forest, Liverpool at home, that was it. So to start the season with a Forest match is, is brilliant. Uh, we'll get into that game shortly, but they've actually announced the signing of Matt Turner, I think in the last 20 minutes or so, as we sit here now. No surprise to anyone. What's your take on it? And obviously the goalkeeping situation in general with Dean Henderson still in the pipeline too. Well, look, they, they, they needed a goalkeeper and they needed one badly. And that's not being disrespectful to the players who have been contributing during pre-season. But it's a key position. And when you think how strong that position was last season when they transitioned from Dean Henderson um, into, uh, I can't remember his name, the other one. Edo Navas. Navas. That Navas. Got, gone and forgotten already. Gone and forgotten. <laughs> Transition from, from, from Henderson to Navas. That was a position of strength for them because they had two good goalkeepers. I don't know a great deal about Matt Turner. I, I found one or two comments about his reasoning for going to Forest and a bit of criticism for that. When I saw, I think, I think Brad Friedel said this morning, I'm surprised he's gone from being the number two at Arsenal to potentially being the number two at Forest. For a start, he'd be the number three at Arsenal because they're going to sign David Raya. So he's going to be behind David Raya and Aaron Ramsdale. So even the prospect of playing cup football next season is going to be pretty remote for him had he stayed there. And I also think when you're the US number one, you would back yourself in an open competition, which you have to do at some stage, to be a number one, not a number two. So I think he's going to be hungry. I said on Twitter the other day, my understanding of the situation is that the arrival of Matt Turner doesn't impact the desire to sign Dean Henderson or another potential number one at the club, that they want that to be a deep position. And you would want that, wouldn't you, based on the fact that they were scrambling around for replacement last season when Dean was injured. So it all makes sense. The only caveat I would put in is that he's got very little Premier League experience and Matt Turner's going to have to start, you would suspect, on Saturday against Arsenal and what a situation that is for him. And there is a, a relative step into the unknown with regards to how consistently he can perform as a number one, if that's what he turns out to be. Mm, true, true. Looking at the Arsenal game then, how are you feeling about it based on what we've seen in pre-season, there's so much debate about pre-season. I think the worst thing that could have happened is letting fans watch the game because I just <laughs> think they would read way too much into it. They should yeah. all be behind closed doors or not streamed. How are you feeling about this match? Look, just with a bit on pre-season, I, I saw the, the thing you put up the other day where you asked the question whether pre-season matters or not. And of course it matters, but it matters for a variety of reasons. And the results of the game is only a a small percentage of that. It's a fitness exercise. There's a lot of elements that go into it. I was in the, the US and I, I sat and watched Arsenal play Barcelona and it finished 5-3. And I can guarantee that if those two play each other in the Champions League, the game will look, look, look nothing like that game looked in America. It was wide open. Everybody wanted to attack. There were no tactics. It was 
a completely different version of a game that you would see if they played. Of course, there are concerns that they've they've not been winning games and there are concerns that they've not been scoring goals. You want to use pre-season if you can as a confidence builder in some way, shape or form, even if you're not winning games. And you would hope that there have been enough from the performances that they can take from it to stand them in good stead for Saturday. I think it's look, the two most difficult games that any team are going to play in the Premier League this season. Arsenal away, Manchester City away. I'll be astonished if those two don't fight for the championship again. Arsenal looks stronger than they did last season. Declan Rice is an excellent signing. Kai Havertz, I think, will, will, will fit Arsenal better than he ever fit Chelsea. And I think Urien Timber, with the versatility he brings right across the Arsenal back line, is going to be so important to them. They've also been given a jolt of confidence based on what they're able to achieve last season and how close they could push Manchester City. So I think they're going to be an even an even more difficult team to play. And in many ways, it's the worst possible start that Forest could have. I think Forest's biggest challenge at the weekend is to keep themselves in the game, not get swamped, deal with the obvious physical challenges that come, the intensity of Arsenal's play, the speed of Arsenal's passing, the pressure that Arsenal put on you when, you, when, you've, when you've got the ball yourself. Whether they can cope with all of that away from home is a really difficult start to the season. And I think if... You, you know I'm, I'm, I'm the most positive guy that, that, that there is around what I think the team can do. But I mean, I, I, think, I think it's a bit of a hiding to nothing on, on, on Saturday to start in this way because it is such a difficult fixture. Yeah, I mean, personally, I was saying to people last night, if you go there, you're in the game for 70 minutes, you keep it tight. And if you lose 2-0 yeah. or even 3-0, I don't think that's a disgrace. You want to be able to take something out of the game is probably the main thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. We, it was interesting that Jamie Carragher was talking on the overlap. And shout out to Greg for doing a really good job on the overlap, again, representing us. Saying you know what? You're, te you're teaching him well. You're teaching him well. I mean, look at him now. He's a broadcaster of repute now. <laughs> he is. He's, he holds when, his when own. He, when, he, when he comes to work with us now, he's downgrading. I mean, he's up there. He's with the elite. He's with the Carragher's and the Neville's. He's rubbing shoulders with the party. <laughs> I mean, look, look where he is. Uh, Jamie Carragher was saying he thinks the way to go this season tactically in general is to play the way we played at the end of the season where we were quite physically imposing, big at the back Taiwo caused a lot of problems no one got an easy game out of Forest, which was kind of different to where we were at the start of the season, we were easier on the eye but easy to bully uh, how, is that the way you'd like to see Forest go about it or do we need more of a balance over the course of the season have been a bit more expansive than we were at the end of last season yeah, I, I, I would agree. And I, I think on Saturday, there won't be any alternative. I, yeah. I, I don't think anybody's going to be expansive at the Emirates, unless you're Manchester City. So I, I think it is going to be back to the wall. It'll be a back five. It'll be two or three sat in front. And it'll be whoever's up top trying to get Forrest out when they can. I don't think that you're going to change the way you play unless you significantly upgrade certain players in certain positions and I, I think at the moment the signings that they've made means that they're going to be forced to play the way that they played last season it's been a bit of talk about Ibrahima Sangari I think if you can bring a player of his quality into central midfield then it can start to change the way that you play in that area of the pitch but I think if they start the season with the players that they finished with in their last season then it's 
it's difficult to see them being able to become that much more expansive. I'm pretty sure over the course of the season, the manager and the players would just like to see them have the ball a little bit more than they had last season. I think it's difficult to have 20% possession and win games consistently in the Premier League. I think you've got to keep the ball a little bit better than that. And I also think that certain players will enter this season with more confidence about themselves as a Premier League player than maybe we saw last season based on the fact they were able to stay up. But I think certainly until the transfer window shuts and we see the players that do actually come in and the makeup of the squad, I think the way they finished is probably the way to start. The issue that they're going to have, though, at the weekend is, is which players are going to be fit and what kind of back three they can start with. Felipe was so important to them. Niakate was so important to them. Awani was so important to them. Injury issues surrounding those three in particular heading into the season, which might make it even more difficult. So the players that, that the manager has at his disposal at the weekend, I think he's going to dictate to a large extent how successful they can be in doing that. Yeah, how are you feeling about the squad in general at the moment? With with Taiwo injured, it just looks like there's a big gaping hole in terms of where the goal's going to come from, especially with uncertainty around Brennan. Is there still a lot of work to do recruitment-wise before the end of the month? I think this is a real balancing act um, because we did the, the podcast live at the Trent Navigation over the course of the summer. And I, I made the point when we did it for people who weren't with us then, didn't maybe see it. They used last season's summer transfer windows, two transfer windows. So that means that you can't be as aggressive in this transfer window. And it means that at some stage, you have to address financial fair play. This is the issue at Wolves at the moment. They're having to address financial fair play. The point was made on the television this morning that maybe they're taking a calculated risk. That when they look at the three teams who came up, Sheffield United, Luton and Burnley, they might think, I'm talking about Wolves here, they might think that this is the, the ideal season to deal with financial fair play because the Premier League, the bottom end, is weaker than it was. So they might feel they've got a chance to do that. Forrest also will have to deal with financial fair play. And this is where the Brennan Johnson situation stems from. Yes, there's interest from Brentford and no doubt there's in, interest from other teams as well. But the financial fair play situation has to be addressed by every club at some stage. Allied to that, though, they also have to find a way to constantly evolve the squad and make it better. So I think there's a real balancing act behind the scenes for Ross Wilson, for the Maranakis family and the whole recruitment team joined together with, with the first team management to try and work out how that balance falls, what they can do this summer, what the priority is. We know that they'd like to bring a, a left-sided defender in, whether that's a wing-back or a full-back, because of the Harry Toffolo situation. They're not too sure about that and the Renan Lodi departure. And then, as you say, if Owen is injured, he's the only striker like that, big, strong, physical, can hold the ball up and he's got the intelligence to get you out. Chris Wood's different. Brennan Johnson, if he plays there, is different. So there are areas where you look at it and say there could be holes and they're only an injury away from it being a problem. So I think this is this is why it's such a, an important two or three weeks to make sure that they go into the season feeling that they've got enough to A, be able to evolve a little bit, but also just to be deep enough to make sure that they're not in a, in a mess when a couple of injuries bite. So I think it's 
I think it's a difficult one for them at the moment. I really do. And you mentioned joined up thinking there. I think that to me that's the key because yeah. if we're going to have quality over quantity, you've got to get get it right. If you're going to have thirty signings, you can probably expect a few are going to be duds. If you're going to make four signings, you need four to come off really. So being patient, even if it takes till deadline day, to me is worth it. But they can't have any scattergun, glamorous Lingard signings necessarily unless they're more certain they're going to come off really. I think they've been very practical in what they've done so far, haven't they? They needed a goalkeeper, so they've gone and addressed it to a point. But they're still out there hoping to sign Dean Henderson, so they've got that position locked up for the foreseeable future. By all accounts, one of the most impressive players in pre-season has been Ola Aina, who mm. has the pedigree of coming through at Chelsea, was very good at, at Torino, so that looks like a, a shrewd acquisition. And, of course, Anthony Langer, his best football is still ahead of him. And you kind of look at the manager that Forrest have and you look at the skill set that Ilanga brings and that looks like a perfect mix. He looks like the kind of player that Steve's going to be excited to develop. And he looks like the kind of player that can come in and make an impact, whether it be as a starter or off the bench. And you know that his best football is going to be ahead of him. He's going to be an improvement on a player like Emmanuel Dennis, you would suspect. And if they do sell Brennan Johnson, then you would see Anthony Ilanga as a long-term replacement in the team for him. So I'm not disappointed by what they've done in terms of the players who have come in. I can see the reason why they've signed the three players they've signed up to now. But I think we're all a little bit greedy as fans, aren't we? That when you get to the second season, you kind of hope that the team are going to make a step and they're going to become better. But I think this is when you sign 31 year the following summer has to be a lot more practical than the year before. Otherwise, you find yourself in a mess where you've got to have a fire sale because you're right up against whatever financial fair play rule that, that there is. And by the way, what is important to, to remember here is that this is something that's always been an issue for them as a championship club. Because the fact the owner has always been prepared to buy players, they've always had to make sure that they've got the juggling act right with financial fair play as a championship club. So they've been here before, they know how to do it. They've got a practical approach to it and experience of being okay with it. So you would suspect that that would give them a reasonable chance of coming out the other side with what they want and also making sure that, that every box is ticked in terms of the finances. Uh, there's over 350 people watching. So if you're enjoying this, give it a like. If you're not, do nothing, as Fletch said before. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the rule. Is the equal worry, or not worry, I don't know how what the right word is, the equal concern in a sense they've got to ship some players out to avoid that fire sale you mentioned as well you don't want to be selling Remo Freuler on the cheap this time next year and Emmanuel Dennis on the cheap and shifting John Joe Shelby is going to be a real problem I think you're going to end up paying his wages for a long time yeah. they don't want to be stockpiling even more players than they already have do they no but I don't think they need to now because I think last summer was about volume and it was about, let's bring in as many as we can, and then we'll try and work it out from there. And over the course of the season, they were able to find a team that could stay in the Premier League. They don't need to do that now. They can be more targeted in terms of the players that they look at, because they know the areas that they'd like to strengthen. I think they'd like another centre-back in an ideal world. I think they'd like a central midfield player in an ideal world. I think they'd like a, a player that can join Tyrell Awani, with a similar skill set to him at the top end of the pitch. So I think they've identified the areas that they want to strengthen as well as goalkeeper and left back. It's just a case of whether they can do all of it in one window. Um, and and that, that kind of remains to be seen, doesn't it? 
I remember at the end of last season, you had no worries about relegation. A lot can yeah. change between now and then. Um, but is that still the case? You're not overly concerned that we'll be embroiled in the bottom three battle? No, look, I, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get giddy and start to say, you know, 10th and 9th and start pushing on. I can see Forrest 13th, 14th, which would signify progress. If they didn't have the financial fair play issue and the potential that they might need to sell a Brennan Johnson, then I might be a little bit more bullish in terms of, well, if they can sign four or five players and keep the ones they want, then why not? But I just think that it's slightly been tempered by the fact that there is this thought out there now that they might just have to take one step backwards to make two or three steps forward, which would be the sensible way to do it. When I look at the Premier League this season, I think that Sheffield United and Luton have got everything on to try and be competitive in the division. Luton, for obvious reasons, Sheffield United have lost and die. Probably going to lose Sander Berger. There's a limited transfer budget for, for Paul Heckingbottom to work with. And I don't think that when you take those two out, there's enough left to be a competitive Premier League team. So I think they're going to, they're going to struggle too. Wolves have had an absolute nightmare of, of a summer. Mm. I'm not sure that Everton have, have made enough improvements based on what we saw last season to pull away. And I think Burnley are the, are, the, are, the, are the team that we're looking at to find out who they are. And my concern for them is, it's similar to Forest last year. The early weeks of the season, Forest played the same way they played in the Championship. And look how many chances were created against them, game after game after game after game, and how many goals they were conceding. Until able, that they were able to say, well, look, let's change it. Let's be a bit more practical. Let's stop being quite so open. Let, let's let's modify the way we play. I think if Vincent Company goes into the Premier League and plays the brand of football he played in the Championship, they could lose a lot of games 6-2 because I think they'll be open. They'll concede chances. And I'm a little bit concerned for them, whether they can be sound enough and solid enough over the course of, of 38 league matches to stay up. So I've got real concern about the three promoted teams. And I also think Wolves and Everton look like they're in for a, for a long season too. I think Forest will be better than those five teams for sure. Mm. It's mm. whether they can be better than a couple more based on the on, on the back of that, which, which would which would seriously improve last season. But I, I think 13th, 14th, I think would be would be what I would what I would expect with what they have now. Yeah. If by the end of the transfer window they've they've signed three or four real impact players to make the starting eleven better. Then you might say it could be even more comfortable than that, but I, th I, th I think they'll be fine. I haven't got any concern. And one way to make sure they are fine, I guess, is within the squad. You would hope that players like obviously Gibbs White, Brennan, if he's still here, I think Oral Mangala is going to be a key component, and then Yates and Joe Worrell, and if we see more near Kate, if they take one, they go into another gear, then Forest yeah. in theory they shouldn't have too much to worry about. We just need to see those players take that next step, I guess. I think it's interesting, certainly from the, the Worrell Yates perspective, that, that they now know that they can play in the Premier League. And I think from Ryan Yates' perspective, he's playing in, 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 in the middle of the team, the engine room of the team. And he just got better and better and better and better with every game last season to the point where they didn't lose many games with him and they couldn't win without him. That's how important he was last season to them. So a fully fit and firing Ryan Yates for 38 games or as many as you can is huge. Another player that I think you can expect to continue to improve, and he finished last season brilliantly, 
is Danilo. Mm. I think he's he's one that you would. I'm fascinated to see what the ceiling is for him, because when he came from Brazil, he had a big reputation. Young player, people that I know who cover games over there were saying, "You'll love him. He's great. He can be a, a Brazil player." He's got everything, you, you, it, and then he came, and it, didn't, it took a little bit of settling down. But when he when he found his when he found his feet, he was as important and as good as anybody in that team at the back end of the season. So I think if he can start from that position and kick on again, then you're starting to see players then mature into very valuable Premier League players. Because I think the confidence that Morgan Gibbs White must have got from the summer, winning the European Championships with the under twenty ones. You can't measure. And also, it's his team. This is his team. Everything goes through Morgan Gibbs White. This is his team. He's going to carry this team as far as it can go. And I think he'll be keen this season to score a few more, to make a few more, to be an even bigger presence in the group. And I think you'll see him kick on again. I also think he'll feel that by the end of the season, he can be an England player. He, he can be playing for Gareth Southgate in contention for the Euros. And what an incentive that is for for a young player with as much talent as he's got. If he can have a strong season, he's got a real chance to, to fulfil what I'm sure is one of his dreams at the end of next season. Uh, let me put two points to you that have been raised in the comments. The first one's about keeping the ball, saying we just cannot keep the ball in pre-season. Yeah. We couldn't keep it last season, which is fair. I mean, can that be addressed with the players we already have through Yates, Mangala and Danilo? They're probably the key to it and the centre-half. There's got to be a centre-half who passes the ball into them effectively as well, hasn't there? Yeah, but I think that's that's just a progression. Mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think if the team that starts the season is the team that finished last season, I don't think that that aspect will change a great deal. I think that changes by over the course of time players become more comfortable in the Premier League and better players are added to the squad with a different skill set. I'm not being disrespectful to the ones that are there. But if you look at the way Fulham were able to control games last season, they were able to do that because of Joao Polinia in midfield. If you take him out, they've got a different proposition. So I don't think Forrest have a player like that in their squad that can do that job for them. So... I don't think the possession numbers will change a lot, if I'm honest, with the current group. But mm. I think you can start to then bring players with different skill sets of a higher standard into the group as you go, then the way you play football should should develop as well. But I think if, if they're gonna if tactically they're gonna set themselves up the way they finished last season, then I would think the game would look pretty similar. Uh, a couple of people in the comments saying Lewis Hall will be a good sign. He's going to Crystal Palace, so I wouldn't yeah. worry about that. Um, the other point I wanted to put to you was about a few people still have doubts over Yates and in particular Worrell. And the Worrell doubts seem to stem from him having a pretty duff couple of games against Frankfurt and Leeds where he gave a goal away. Does he still have work to do to win over fans or not? Look, I think it depends as a fan how you analyse it. The, the the way I would analyse Joe would be the way he finished last season. In a team that needed results and needed to stop goals going in, he was as important as anybody. I would challenge the people that have picked whatever's been wrong with Joe during pre-season to go through the team from front to back and find players that have been the pre-season stars. I think he's, 
he's an easy target for people. I I personally have got a concern in general about goals being conceded because that was the biggest issue they had last season. They conceded that many in the first half of the season. It made it virtually impossible to win games. They've got to be robust at the back. Felipe was a key to that. Fascinated to see what they do with Serge Aurier this season. Serge Aurier played as a right-back last season. Ola Heiner's come in, I presume to play. Does Serge Aurier factor in a back three on the right-hand side? Mm. Maybe. It deepens the group. Um, I find it difficult to work out the Yates concerns. I, I, if you just look at the, the team with him and the team without him, the team won a lot more when he was in than when he was out. And I think Ryan's an easy player to analyse and say, well, he doesn't do this and he doesn't do this and he doesn't do this. But I would challenge a lot of people to look at what he does well and go and find players in the Premier League that do it as well as him. Mm -hmm. I think it's fascinating when you listen to managers speak after they've played against Forrest. The player they bring up is Yates because he's such a presence. And I think he's... He, he might, he's never going to be a player that's going to be a wonderful passer or brilliant in possession. But he gives you that opportunity to win because you don't want to play against him. He never stops running. He's a physical presence in there. He goes from box to box. I think he'll add some goals this season. He's a championship player. He was certainly a threat from set pieces. And I think he needs to get that back into his game. I think you've got to look at him to get five or six goals this season as well. But I, I, every Forest team I would pick with the squad they've got now would include Ryan Yates. I, I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know why anybody would be thinking about, worried about it. I, I don't, I, I don't understand that. No, and I mean, if Roy Keane and Jamie Carragher are fans of him, I think, and they clearly are. You watch the way they talk about him, and yeah, I think those are good endorsements for me, certainly. I think certain teams need certain players, and the way that this team is at the moment. You need someone like him in the middle of the pitch because they don't keep the ball. So you've got to get somebody to win it back for you when, you, when you've lost it or when you mm. don't have it. You've got to go and get it back again. And yeah. he's as good as anybody in the league at doing that, at getting it back for you. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say again, I understand that people are concerned about pre-season because you want to see the team win and you want to see the team score goals. But I think the analysis on the individual should come when it starts for real and mm. see how they perform then because this we've got to remember that this team finished last season pretty well in terms of they were better defensively they were there was a lot more positives at the end of the season so i just thank fire on it uh yeah and i actually think Mangala's the man that helps you keep the ball out of those yeah. midfield three if you need someone to keep you ticking over then he should be the one that can do it looking at his skill set so like I say, a big season for him. One thing I want to put to you that we haven't discussed on the podcast at all because no games have been played, but watching EFL games and the Charity Shield, I just wonder what's your take on this so much added time and how that impacts on Forest because they're going to be sitting soaking up leads, hopefully. Does it help them on the counter-attack? Or more likely, in my opinion, does it terrify you that they're going to be conceding more late goals? How do you view it? Well, I think potentially you're going to play 15 minutes every week, aren't you? Yeah. Because you're going to play five minutes in the first half. And I would think more often than not, you're going to play 10 in the second. Mm. And I think Pep Guardiola raised this point the other week. And if you do the maths, every six games, that's another 90 minutes. So mm. if you've not got a deep squad, it's going to push your players. I mean, Pep's even said, look, 
physically, this is going to be more demanding on his squad. He's probably got the best squad in, in Europe and he's concerned about it. I think if you're soaking things up and you get to 90 minutes, you take that sigh of relief and then you see you've got 10 more. And yeah. that's a worry for you. So I, I understand it. If you, if you see it from a fan's perspective, the, the more the ball's in play, the more value for money a supporter can get. I'm all for it because people have to pay so much to watch football matches now that you've got to give them value for money. And if that means playing 15 minutes additional time to make sure they see enough football, then I'm okay with it. So I don't know. I think we'll have to see how it works out. I mean, the prospect of 105 minutes at the Emirates at the weekend is... It's slightly perturbing, I've got to say, but there will be other matches where I'm not too bothered. But but this week, I'd like I'd like no added time in the first half and a minimum of two minutes in the second. I think that, I'd take that. I think. True. Um, there's 500 people watching now, so give us a like. Like I said, I'm I'm going to try and be better this season, Fletch, for actually getting people to like and subscribe because I'm so bad yeah. at it compared to other YouTubers. I'm just going um, to try and get a full stop. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's the plan. We've all got to try yeah. and be better. Uh, what's we going to say? Um, oh, um, any other players that you think before we go that maybe struggled last season or we didn't see the best of that we could see more of this season? Maybe like Freud has had a season to settle in, could he do better? Nico Williams is young, could he emerge? Is there anyone in that bracket that we didn't see the best of last season that you're looking to? I think you'll see improvement across the board in a lot of players. We've talked about Joe and Ryan on the podcast today. It's their first taste of top-flight football at any level. So they've had a season now. They are now Premier League players. I think it's all right saying you're a Premier League player when you've just got promoted. But I think season two, you've had a season, you've stayed in the top flight, you're going to go again. You're now a top-flight player. So I think they will take a lot of confidence into this season based on their experience of last season. I think Nico Williams is a, is a, is a player that, that can get better. I would agree with that. I think Danilo is a player that can continue to get better. I'd like to see an injury-free Awani play a, a, a really large chunk of matches because the thing with Tyro Awani when I watch him is that sometimes you look and you, you're trying to work out whether he knows how he's getting in the positions that he's in and, and all of a sudden he's there, but he's got this absolutely invaluable knack of being in the right place at the right time to score a goal. Mm. And any striker in the world would take that over being brilliantly aesthetically pleasing on the eye. So I'd like to see him have a run without injuries where he can just really establish himself as a Premier League forward. Um, and then the new players. I'm, I'm fascinated to see Ilanga and how good he can be. And Ina, I think he's going to be fine. So... I think there's a lot to look forward to. Mangala's another one, because you mentioned the skill set that Mangala's got. I think Mangala could play for a lot of teams in the Premier League. A mm. lot of teams in the Premier League. Plays for Belgium. He's got that wonderful look about him that he's never, he's never ruffled, is he? He's the coolest man in the place under, you know, under pressure, in possession. He's fine. I, I, I really like him. And I think Forrester are a better team when he's on the pitch. And I think mm. you can, if he can if he can go again this year, then I think the concern of all this is you get to the end of next season and all of a sudden teams around the Premier League start to say, oh, Mangala and Forrest are not a bad player. Gibbs White's had a good season. Then you start to get cherry-picked and then Mm. you've got the big challenge of can you replenish when 
the bigger ones in the league come and take the players. That's going to be the next challenge that that they'll have. But yeah. look, I, I think it, I think it's a batten down of hatches for the first six games. I think six points at home. If you can get out the first six matches with six points, and you've done four away matches against four of the best teams in Europe, then I think the season then starts to come to you, and that's the point where you go, okay, got through that, got six points, won the first two at home. We're not in the bottom three. We're looking up rather than down. Now we can start looking at the fixture list and we can start to see we'll get, win that, we'll win that, we'll do okay there. We'll get, then you start to move. And I think that the, the most important thing, I don't care what happens away from home in those four matches, provided they get two good results at the city ground. I think that that's imperative for all of them in terms of confidence, belief, what the table looks like, give themselves a base. And at that stage, they can then kick on. So I think those those first two home games against the newly promoted teams are massive, regardless of what happens away from home in the, in the first the, the first four against against teams that ordinarily you wouldn't expect them to get a great deal from. So I think yeah. those it's those two home games that are going to set the set the tone for the season. Yeah, I definitely agree. Just seeing the comments of people agree about Mangala, and like I said, if we're going to put the ball at risk more, then he's the man who. You give it to who can open play out, hopefully. So, well, a couple of people mentioning Scarpa. It's interesting yeah. to see how he does and how much trust the manager puts in, in him. He hasn't featured much in pre season. Well, I don't know if that's fitness see, or yeah, not. I, I, I don't know whether when he came on, he played that played that first pass at Southampton, and we all went, Ooh, that, that's, that's a you know, I, I like that. I'm not sure the way Forrest play, whether he's a little bit of a square peg in a round hole. And mm. I don't think that's a knock on him as a player. I just think it's difficult to play a number 10 in this Forest team. If you're going to play with the back five and you're going to soak it and your number nine is going to get you out. I don't know where a number 10 plays in a team that's got Morgan Gibbs-White. Well, he doesn't fit. Unless right. it's so, with so, Morgan Gibbs-White. He's got to be a bench option, really. It, it wouldn't surprise me if when you, you mentioned earlier that players have got to be sacrificed to trim the squad down a little bit, whether they look at him and say, look, we like you as a player, but it's difficult to see where you're going to get chances. And you would yeah. suspect that he's on a decent wage. So mm. I, it wouldn't surprise me whether, whether Scarper is one of the players that ultimately is allowed to leave, just simply because at this particular time where Forest are in their development as a Premier League team, that it's difficult to find a pathway for him to play consistent minutes. Yeah, I, mean, I do think he's a good player, but like you yeah, say, he's not going to replace Gibbs White. Yeah, he could play the Danilo role as the advanced kind of eight, but you're not going to drop Danilo because he's been no. absolutely fantastic. And, and, and so let's be honest. he's a bench option. Let's, let's be honest. If you look at Scarpa, he's a lot more like Coutinho than he is Danilo. So you take yeah. Danilo's energy out and you take that ability to run back. Danilo's shown he's got an eye for goal. He's shown he's got that ability to run past the striker. They're all huge skill sets. When you look at Scarpa, he's your prototypical number 10, mm. isn't he? So I don't think you would... I think it'd be very rare that you'd make that decision to play Scarpa over Danilo. I, I, I just find it difficult to see how he fits. I used to say the same about Carvalho when he was here. I couldn't see how he played in the team. I, I just... Mm. I, I don't... I don't see how Scarpa fits into the group. And I, I don't mean that as a knock on him as a player. I think he can go to another club and be um, and be fine. Mm. 
but I just think the way Forest are and what they have and the way that you suspect they're going to play, it's hard to see where he fits. Yeah, certainly from the start of games. Maybe the last 20 minutes if you're chasing or you need, need to put their foot on the ball, but... Yeah, I agree. Um, quick shout out for Sam Sorridge. Scored a 98th minute equaliser and chips his penalty down the middle in his <laughs> debut for Nashville. So good to see him do well. Um, I think that was about it. Uh, anything else you want to add, Fletch, before we depart? No, all I would say, but usual pre-season plea. Let's try and be as positive as we can. You know, let's let's keep our fingers crossed it's a good season. I'm going to enjoy it. I know that. Um don't be too downhearted if it goes wrong at Arsenal at the weekend. It's going to go wrong at Arsenal a lot for a lot of teams this season as the season goes. Um, and, and let's all let's all get behind the boys and enjoy it. I can't wait. Yep, me neither. Me, well, yeah, I mean, I think we'll struggle to start with, but over the course of the season, I'm very excited still. It's the Premier League. It's a lot better than the Championship. It's where we all want it to be. So uh, thanks very much for everyone who's watched along. Uh, thanks for your company and your comments. Very much appreciated. Do like and subscribe, as I say, and give us a good review. Fletch will be back with us through the season, I hope. I haven't asked him, but I assume he will be intermittently. But not after the Arsenal game. He can't do that one. So we'll be back after that to discuss it. Uh, Fletch, thank you very much. Thank you, mate. Have a great season. Yeah, yeah. And you, enjoy TNT Sports. Don't call them by the wrong name. And uh, we shall see everyone soon.